Hello, and welcome to another bonus episode of Very Good Enough. I'm Lane Dealing Sherland, and I am alone today. If for some wild reason this is the first episode of this podcast you've ever heard, typically I'm joined by my wonderful co host, Jessica Hover. Um, today, well, to be honest with you, we already recorded a full episode that is so good. I can't wait for you guys to hear. Um, and then we got this beautiful email this morning, but it's mostly about preschool and preschool teaching. So we decided that I would just handle this little cutie all by myself. Our question today comes from our new friend, Joy, who sent me an email and the first half is her being incredibly kind about the podcast. She says she just found it, uh, yesterday and that she's been devouring episodes and that they've been encouraging her. And I just want to say thank you so much, Joy, for these sweet, kind words. I am literally answering you today because I was so compelled by this email. Um, and then she goes on to ask some questions. Okay, so my question, this is what the email says. I am so intrigued and drawn to everything Lane is saying because I am on the cusp of starting as a preschool teacher. I have over eight years of teaching under my belt and the youngest so far has been this past year as a first through third grade art teacher. Recently, the preschool teacher offer fell into my lap and I'm taking it and not without a bucket of nerves. Having my own toddler, I know how amazing and tricky this age group can be. I'm wondering what wise nuggets you can offer someone starting out as a teacher with this age group. Are there specific ways to bolster patience? My daughter will be in my class with me and I'm wondering if you could offer advice on setting healthy boundaries in the classroom and navigating mom versus teacher. Thank you in advance. I'm beyond thrilled that I found you and loving listening to the podcast. Joy. Oh, Joy. Thank you so, so much for this email. It filled my heart up this morning. I, I literally read it today and I'm answering you right now. <laughs> um, I'm not sure when you'll hear this, but just know that like this is fresh from my heart having listened to this. Um, I'm so excited for you to get to be a preschool teacher. That experience was so unbelievably special for me. And I hadn't done any teaching in a classroom before that, but I had worked with kids in lots of different ways and lots of different areas. And I actually thought that my favorite age was nine. Like I was in love with fourth graders. I was like, their brains are so cool. They're like still really kiddish, but they're also very like, they're like people now and you can really talk to them about stuff and they can express themselves and they love stories and storytelling. I was like really obsessed with nine-year-olds and I stumbled into preschool teaching just being like, I don't really know what to do with them. They can't really talk to me. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out, but you know, and I got in there and was just so astonished by how much complexity could exist within children who are so small and so new and yet they just had this full range of emotions and my relationships with them could be so complex, like real true friendships I felt were forming with even the youngest of children. And that just kind of blew me away. So Joy, I feel like my first little nugget would be to encourage you to learn everything that you can about the specific age group that you're going to teach. Obviously, I don't know what that is, whether that's two, three, four, maybe even it's TK, but um, I know that a lot of like teaching credentials don't actually really require very much child development um, or maybe even any at all. And that kind of blows my mind because to me, having a, a solid understanding of like brain development and physical development and social development of the exact age group that I'm serving was that was like the whole game to me. As soon as I understood what they were doing inside, like what your brain is doing and what your body is doing, then I could make sense of these little tiny people. And I felt like I could really, um, 
tailor my behavior and my guidance to what they really were going to need. When I went into teaching preschool, um, I was really, really surprised by how much of what I was doing was was nurture. Uh, I would have thought it was the kind of nurture that I would have imagined more if I was like, oh, I'm going to go help out in a nursery, like little. There's so little. And um, preschool is kind of this weirdly sort of this pantomime of going to bigger school where the the structure, I mean, you wear your little backpack and there's some structure and there's a bell, but also like you're small, you take a nap. <laughs> like sometimes kids fall asleep in the middle of an activity because they're still small. Like they just are, a lot of them fall asleep during lunch because like they have a nap time, like they're, they're little, but they also have this amazing capacity to learn and to explore and to, um, conduct science. I don't know how far you've gotten into this podcast. Um, I know sometimes when I get excited about a podcast, I really rip through some episodes, but there are, there's an episode in season two about play. Um, and I would really encourage you to listen to that because I talk a ton about like the work of a little scientist and like what kids are doing at two and three. Um, so you could start there, but I would really encourage you to, either go back to child development or um, like human growth and development psychology books if you still have them or uh, even just looking up milestones for your age group, just like really trying to do the best that you can to understand like what is the human brain doing at this moment? Um, I think that that will not only help you as a mom of a, a three-year-old, but also like going into this world where we've isolated a bunch of them that are the same age and sort of their own little society. Like you're going to build your own little wild kingdom for these kids who this is one of the only spaces in their life where their environment is tailored like just to them. Like it's just fully for them. And that's so special and getting to know a lot about what they need and what they're doing and, and what their brain cares about, I think will help you feel really successful in like creating an environment and designing a day that works really well for them. Um, a lot of what is challenging about younger age groups is that children don't know what they need or want. And I mean, that's just challenging about people forever, but especially when they're really little, they really don't know what they need or want. And so if we also don't know what they want and need and what their brains are up to, um, then there can be this confusion and confusion is scary and confusion makes things really volatile. And that's where I think a lot of the volatility can come from in a preschool classroom is when the adult either has expectations or has designed an experience that really doesn't match the age group. Then the adult is like, hey, I'm trying to do this nice thing for you guys. And the kids are like, Ooh, we hate it. We're bored. We're whatever. And, and that's I think that's where you end up with kind of a lot of tension. Um, so I would encourage you to find out as much as you can about that age group. And actually, if I can jump ahead to your question about patience, I think that's one of the big things that helps with patience too. I think patience is a matter of understanding and a lot of practice. The more understanding you have, the, the less you will feel the need to be patient because you just know what's happening. I think part of impatience is, um, is, a, is confusion. You know, like when you're waiting for someone and you don't know where they are or when they're coming, like you get really aggravated. But if you know, oh, they're looking for parking, they're just around the corner, like the, the need for patience isn't so much there because you have the understanding. But then I also feel 
or I felt when I began teaching preschool, like I felt that build like a muscle. Like every day that I went in there and these kids were bananas and I didn't lose my mind. I was like, oh, I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting it. It's actually just bothering me less. (laughs) All of this like erratic young child, like, oof, you don't know stuff and you don't know how to be a person. So you're doing this bananas bullshit is like, that's okay. (laughs) I know what you are. We've done this before. I'm like, I felt it stretch inside with the more like reps that I put in or, or I don't know if you do yoga, but like yoga stretches, like the longer you can hold, then the more flexible things get. Patience and flexibility are sometimes I think interchangeable resilience, the ability to say like, this child just did this unbelievably offensive thing because they're little and they do. And, uh, I feel a feeling about it because I feel feelings when people are offensive toward me and then being able to say like, I'm just having a feeling, a thing happened. I'm having a feeling. I will not always have this feeling. How would I like to move forward? Like that's resilience, but I think we call that patience too. So I guess the flavor, the many flavors of patience uh, really revealed themselves to me through that experience. (laughs) So I think you, um, I think you can trust yourself that that will grow. It's also very okay to tell a child, I don't know what to do right now. I see what you're doing and I really need a minute to decide how I want to handle this. I'm actually going to step over to my desk and have a sip of water. I'm going to leave you right here where you're safe and I can still see you and I'm going to have a sip of water. And that can build a lot of patience too. And that's totally allowed. You don't have to pretend, especially with super young children, that you know what to do or that you know what's going on. You can be super honest with them because they love it. (laughs) They love it. They love to see you be a person. That's also what they're like. And they're like, oh yeah, I know about when you need a second because you're freaking out. Like I get it. Um, Teaching preschool is a lot less presentational than teaching older ages. So there's less of that thing of like, I have to keep talking because they're all looking at me. And if I stop, I'm going to just lose their attention. You don't really have the whole room's attention in preschool very often anyways. So you don't so much have to be like on in that kind of performative way that you do with older grades. You also have them all day long. They're not switching away from you. It's not like you have 45 minutes and then they're moving to the next thing. Like you're going to be here all day with these kids. And if you need to send them to go play in the various centers of the room while you redo an activity and try again in a few minutes, you can just say, all right, friends, I'm noticing that this isn't working very well right now. So I'm going to send you guys to go have some free play and we're going to try this again later. Like that's really okay. As long as you offer small children a coherent narrative around what's happening in their life, they actually will be pretty flexible and give you kind of a lot of grace. It again is that area of, um, of confusion or, uh, in, in direction. Um, that's when kids start to get really out of hand, uh, or when they feel you being fake. Um, so as long as you're telling the truth and you're giving them like, Uh, the ability to mentalize and contextualize what's happening to them, you're going to be fine and you can change directions and you can change your mind. Uh, Preschool teaching is so much more people training than it is information transfer. So if you feel like you went through a whole day and nobody talked about letters and nobody cared about the theme and like none of that stuff happened, but you 
really connected with them over reading some books and you had this beautiful moment where these two children got their feelings hurt by this other child and there was this big rupture and you guys were able to successfully repair it together and got got that taken care of and um, kids were like really engaged with the toys. That's like a really successful day at preschool. Like the information really doesn't matter. It's all kind of a ruse for people training. <laughs> Everything in preschool is process. So if you find yourself, I know you just said that you were an art teacher before, if you find yourself um, in a space where you're like focused on like the outcome, the product, you know, like, oh, we all made this project and it looks kind of like this and we all followed these steps, you you may uh, notice that you're also feeling like there's a lot of um, conflict in your classroom and that things are not going as well. Whereas if you can think of all of your preschool teaching as process art where you're the adult so you have better information and like you know about the cool stuff in life in a way that these kids don't. So your job is to put out all these beautiful materials and show them how they work and introduce new ideas and then set them free to really explore and come back to you when they have questions or when they get stuck. But like you're the one who just provides the cool thing and then you're there to help guide the process, but they get to actually do the work of the experience and the experimenting. Like that to me is successful preschool teaching. So I would really encourage you to just look at the whole thing as process art. Obviously, I don't know what kind of school you're going to be working at. So there are some that require a lot more structure and some that require a lot less, but I would encourage you to remember that this is really the last time in their life when they're going to get to actually be small. You've been in elementary school settings, obviously, and um, that's not really a space that is typically designed for children to be little and free and really exploratory. That's a space that has like a lot of lines and edges and, and a lot is required of these kids, even though they're little. But preschool tends to be a space where there is still some structure and that varies. But for the most part, like this is the end of them getting to just like really be in charge. So if you can be the one who defends that for them, who says like, no, long stretches of free play in my classroom are learning. This play is learning. Them exploring, this is school readiness. School readiness is things like confidence and decision-making and creative problem-solving and strong hands and fingers, like strong fine motor skills, strong gross motor skills, um, conflict resolution. Like this is school readiness because you could force a lot of um, a lot of info in there if you wanted to. People think that school readiness is like you can hold a pencil correctly and you can name all your letters and whatever, but they're going to learn how to do a lot of that stuff in kindergarten. And I don't ever want preschool to be kindergarten practice. I want preschool to be preschool. And then when they go to kindergarten, then they can practice kindergarten. So um, that's just like kind of a personal value that I have of like, this is your time to be little. I'm going to let you lead as much as possible. I have more information, so I have better ideas than you in a lot of times, but I'm going to like bring this idea to my classroom and then hand it to you and let you guys conduct the process of learning. And I'm just here to, to be there along the way and to, and to help you get places that you didn't know that you could go. Maybe that's, oh, your daughter is going to be in your classroom. And that, I'm going to be honest with you, is going to be a challenge. It's a real challenge and it's not something that can't be done well. I'm confident that you'll be able to sort that out really well. Um, but if I, I mean, very frankly, when I have been in administration, it's a circumstance that I've tried to avoid just because it can be pretty sticky. You're going to need to create ahead of time, a again, a coherent narrative between yourself and your daughter that says, 
we're going to go to school together and it's going to be so exciting. I'm going to get to see you be a student and you're going to get to see me be a teacher. On school days, I'm still your mom, of course, but I put on my teacher hat. And when I'm wearing my teacher hat, it means that I take care of you, but also I take care of everybody else. When we're in our classroom or when we're at school, things are going to be a little different. Here are some things that are going to be different. Sometimes you're going to really want me to pick you up and hold you and squeeze you, but I'm going to be helping somebody else. And you're going to have to take a deep breath, put your hand on my leg and say, mama, can you hold me? And I'm going to have to say, not right now, but stay right next to me. And I'll let you know when it's time or whatever it's going to need to be. But you're going to need to create a story that says like, basically just tells her the truth, which is there's going to be a new role for me and a new role for you. And we're going to be in a new context in this context. This is what it looks like. This is what's going to be different. And, um, I want to just tell you ahead of time, that's something that she's going to have to test a new role in a new context is something that she necessarily will need to figure out. So she's going to want to know, what does it mean that you have the teacher hat on? Is it like this? Is it like this? So I'm going to stretch it over this way. How far is the line? And is it the same line all the time? Like she's going to have to conduct some experiments about that. And um, I hope that you will feel more ready to hold firmly and gently some of those lines with her if you guys, if you know ahead of time that that's coming because it is okay. There are going to be pieces of this that are so cool for you guys. It's going to be so special that you get to spend the whole day together and that you do get to show her this part of yourself that she wouldn't otherwise see. And you're going to get to be the one who's in the preschool classroom showing her how cool the world is. Um, But you also are going to have to be ready to see her be uncomfortable and know that that's okay. There are going to be things about this that are uncomfortable and that's okay. It's okay to not feel okay all the time. Um, you know that she is okay. And if you guys are in a pretty open dialogue and you're able to be gentle and firm, but very consistent with her, then she will adapt to the new context and to your new roles. Super definitely, super definitely. And in your classroom, you're also going to have to create a little narrative about that because that's going to be an interesting social structure for your other students. They're going to notice like, oh, but you're her mom, but you're just my teacher. But are you also her teacher and her mom? But how does that work? You know, like it's going to be a little bit, um, like a concept bending for them too. So being able to tell them like, yeah, I'm her mom and her teacher. And when we're here at school, we're going to do the teacher thing. And, um, I am going to pick her up and snuggle her sometimes. I'm actually not supposed to snuggle you in the same way that I snuggle her, but I could hold your hand while I have her on my lap or, or whatever those boundaries need to be for your institution and for your relationship. I don't know what kind of school you're in. Different schools have different rules about contact, with children, but you know, like their little children are very physical. There's a level of physicality that's necessary to help them regulate and to just like bond and be with them. They do need a little bit more squeezing and nurture than older kids. I'm not very interested in what's fair. Fair means that everybody gets the same, but everybody needs something different. So if everybody gets the same, that doesn't mean that everybody's getting their needs met. So in my classroom, Everyone gets what they need. That's the rule. Fair is not the rule. This person gets this thing. This person can get that thing, but that's because they needed something different. And people's needs are different on different days. So if there's a time where you need to be taking care of your daughter in a particular way, you can say, this is a time when everybody gets what they need and what she needs is this. And you can also say to your daughter, I understand that you would like all of my attention, but in my classroom, everybody gets what they need. I can see that you have what you need and I love you. And I'm going to put my attention over on this student, our friend who really needs my attention right now. 
So those are the kinds of stories that I would build into these interactions. And the way that it works with young children is you set the tone, you lay out that story, you show them where the edges are, and then you guys go into practice mode where they practice that story and they have to return to it and they push on the edges to see if any of the edges move and then they try it again. And so your job is then to just be like really consistently holding this like very good and flexible story around the way that things are going to work. And if it is not working well for you and your daughter to be in the same classroom and there is another classroom that's her age group, it's a perfectly okay choice for you to decide mid-year with your administrator and with the other teachers, hey, I think my daughter needs to switch classrooms. Like that's really okay. There's no like rejection or abandonment in that. Like it's that's just you being flexible about what does or doesn't work for you. Um, I just want you to feel a lot of freedom about that if that is a circumstance that ends up feeling really tough. Uh, And then on the other hand, you can take all this advice and maybe you guys roll in there and she absolutely loves it and it's really smooth and beautiful. (laughs) So that's also an option. Um, Children flow like water and you're just kind of there to guide the direction of that water flowing. And I'm so confident that you're going to do such a good job at that. I just, even just what I can feel from you in these, this small amount of words that I got from you this morning, I just think you're great. I think you're doing such a wonderful job and I'm so glad you're here. You can always reach out to me via DM or via my website like you just did. And um, I would love to hear how this goes for you. I would love to hear how this goes. And I'm so happy to be here as a resource and I'm so happy that you found us. And to everybody else listening, thank you so much for listening. I love you all so much and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Bye. Bye.